This week's podcast brought to you by a lightly greased loaf pan. I'm in charge of putting things in the tertiary pantry downstairs, so um, there were a few items that I assumed needed to be put away because this morning you said to me, can you go to the basement for me? And I replied, sure. What do you need? And you said? Nothing. I just want you to go to the basement. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hello again, this is week whatever of. You you know I like this. We've completed five weeks. You you love keeping track. I do. We're in week six of the whatever this is. Keeping the tally marks on the cell wall. Yeah. I don't... Would it be that? What would be another way, you know, like... Because it's not like we're waiting for something. We're we're like our kids waiting for Christmas. But we're waiting for the end of... But we just don't know when that is. So I wonder... So would it be sort of like... You just like the quantifying things and, and I, counting I, and it's sorting. It's so easy to forget how long we've been doing this because it's just one day that folds this, into the next. This, this podcast or this quarantine? <laughs> both. So that's that's why I like keeping track of it. We've it's The kids have been homeschooling for four weeks. Then last week they had a week of vacation. Now we're into the sixth total week of whatever we're going to call this. But it's part of your nature. It is. Writing things down. Doesn't putting that them in help little you? Boxes. It doesn't help you? Would you rather not have any idea how many weeks we've been doing I, this? I can't be penned in like a like a farm-raised chicken. I need to run free. You need to be a free-range chicken. I need to be a free-range chicken, yes. <laughs> Eating its own little turds off the ground, no, which, I, which they why? tell me makes it... You, you actually want to have the free-range chickens because you want that to be part of the chicken's diet. I don't is remember... Is that what they do? Yeah, that's one of the things they eat. And I don't remember why it's then better to eat the eggs of the free-range chickens who've been consuming those things. But there is a reason that that's good for you. So, anyway. Okay, well, that's a perfect segue into the WNBA draft. <laughs> it's not a good segue at all. The WNBA draft was fun. It was. Uh, it's our, we found out today, as we record this, it's Tuesday, our highest-rated draft uh, since 2004. And uh, 2004 is the year Diana Trossi, Elena Beard, Lindsay Whalen all went. But I worked that draft. It was in Times Square. Um, I, I In Times Square itself or in, indoors? In it was in um, All-Star in Cafe or Hard Rap Cafe. It was in one of those places, a, an odd spot for a draft. But I was trying to think, how could it possibly have outrated the draft we just did? Because I think the draft we just did was the first time we've ever been on ESPN. But if that one outrated this one... It also must have been on ESPN. Well, but anyway. Let's not worry about the ratings. Right. Let's talk about the <laughs> I know, draft. I That's know. like when you have a book out. or People know that you have a book out. have heard that you're an author and you've just had a book come out. More often than not, they don't say, what is it about? They say, how is it selling? Right. How is it doing? Right. Or, don't right. you at least interested in what it's about? Let's talk about what it's about. Right. And especially since not a single person uh, cares what it rated. It was all about these women... Um, getting drafted well, it's, to, it's to good. WNBA it's teams. It's good that and a lot was, of people are watching, of well, course. Yeah, it's important. Sure. But it's not the first thing I should have mentioned. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting interesting event because uh, I was in studio, Ryan Rucco, Sue Bird, the three of us were there, but never within six feet of one another. They had us when we weren't on air. They wanted us to be wearing masks. Ryan was also wearing gloves um, before we came on air. And it was nice to, you know, before we, we started the actual draft because we had to be in there a couple hours early to have these conversations, even though they were from six feet away. You arrived with, with, with curlers the, in your hair? Yeah, I curlers? did arrive with the granny curlers in my hair, and I did the entire hour-long rehearsal <laughs> with the granny curlers still in my hair. But um, it was nice to have just like normal human conversation with, with somebody outside of the house. Somebody um, other than me. True. Well, yes. I said normal human conversation. No, just like something that wasn't completely about uh, COVID nineteen. I mean, we were talking about a variety of things, but um, but more importantly, the draft went out, went off pretty well. I think the um, 
We had a couple times where uh, some of the draftees internet connections or the connection uh, to us was lost. And so our Ruthie Hebert interview with Holly Rowe was aired later. Our Holly's interview with Makia Herbert Harrigan, uh, who went to Minnesota, was never aired because they were never able to establish a good connection for an interview. But other than that, um, we mostly were able to talk to the players who were picked. And um, and our connection with uh, Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA, um, was solid, and so and every pick uh, had been shipped a box with all of the hats of yes, all the teams, with all so that they hats. could put on a, a hat from that team. And some of them had all of the hats arrayed like on a coffee table behind them, and and I could just see some of their family members waiting to pounce on the hats of the right. teams that didn't take them. Right, and you don't want to pounce too soon because um, there's always there a, be a, trade. a chance that there could be a trade. And there's actually I knew about this one particular trade that happened. Um, Phoenix chose at number 10 a player named Jocelyn Willoughby out of the University of Virginia and then quickly traded her to the New York Liberty for Shatori Walker Kimbrough. And, but I don't know why, like when, when a trade happens, it has to go through the league office, things have to be approved, it has to then be sent to ESPN for us to announce it. And I don't know why we weren't announcing it. Both of the, the coaches and GMs from those teams were texting me because I said, did this trade happen? Yes, it's gone through. Why aren't you announcing it? I said, I don't know why we're not announcing it. And so during commercials, I'm having these text exchanges with Phoenix and New York, and they're asking me, why haven't you announced the trade? And the reason was they couldn't call the player and talk to the player until the trade was official, whether right. it was the draftee or the, the veteran who was getting traded from New York <laughs> to Phoenix. And I'm sitting there like, it's not my fault. I don't control when we show or don't show when a trade has happened. So um, that Similarly, was kind of funny. So they all had the hats shipped to them. Do they also have the ESP and microphone flags shipped to them? Because they would speak holding up a mic with an ESPN. No, they didn't. They absolutely did. The players? Absolutely. No, they didn't. Are you sure? No. I'm almost certain that Sabrina Ionescu did. Was holding a microphone that had an ESPN flag? I think so. Then maybe. I mean, when they were all sent, I think they're called TVU kits or something, where it's an iPad and a tripod and a light and a microphone. So perhaps perhaps you're right. I didn't notice that, but um, I'm pretty sure... The draftees who got the equipment for the draft um, got that equipment from ESPN. But, I mean, I was there for a couple hours, and I never noticed that. Well, I maybe have hallucinated that, but I'm almost certain. I'll have to confirm it uh, later. Well, this was the week also not of only of the WNBA draft, but of the big uh, puzzle contest in our town where— well, Before we segue away from the draft, can I bring up one more thing about it? Sure. But Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was getting ready for the draft, and um, I was glad that I, the whole time, the entire draft, I was going to uh, be behind the desk because the outfit I wanted to wear and did wear, uh, which was a jumper, the from the waist down, it was a wrinkled mess. And we've talked on our podcast before how you like to... So am I. <laughs> how you like to grab the iron off the tall shelf that it's on in the closet by pulling the cord and seeing if you can catch it. Um, well, somehow in the past few weeks, our iron was broken. And uh, we haven't had a chance to replace the iron because, of course, everything's closed and we're not going anywhere. So Somehow. I, it's almost certainly my fault, as I was the one well, who was doing all the ironing. Well, yeah, well, that and the way you were taking the iron out of the closet. So as I was getting Which ready was for how? the draft. Pulling it from the cord off the top shelf. Claiming to always it. catch it. Not claiming. I always catch it. If I didn't catch it, it Still would hit me in the head and, the and kill me. Still the couldn't have been a good thing. Anyway, I um, I have to remember that if life ever gets back to a place where I'm wearing clothes that need to be ironed, that we certainly have to replace our iron. Okay, let's move on to the puzzling championship. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the uh, Did I mention on the previous podcast that one of our friends yes. in town was going to give me a puzzle of yes. which he had an identical copy, and then we were going to have a contest starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Yes. He would FaceTime me at 10.58, and at 11, our respective families would attack the puzzle, and this would be a, a fun week-long exercise and banter via text and, and whatever. Well, that's what I thought. As we sat down to thought. sort the edges and frame the puzzle and get a few chunks done it was a it was a white mountain puzzle with um different uh, hostess and drakes and little debbie kind of a pastry snack cake products on it 
thousand pieces. Well, as we sorted, sorted and framed it up, they called to say they had finished three hours and 20 minutes after they started it. Three of them, mother, I mean, father, and daughter. It was, it was crazy. Well, th- this is the thing. Well, when, you said while we, while we were framing it up, well, well, you what, said you said when it's against the clock, it takes all the relaxation out of it. And completely. I said, enough of the jibber jabber. Just keep sorting. Yeah, because when we when we broke the puzzle open, or when we did the FaceTime at ten fifty eight to open the puzzle eleven, they told us, like it's all systems go, and and we asked them, how long do you think you, this is going to take you to complete? And they said, we'll be oh, done, we'll be done about two o'clock. What? They were done at 2.11. And it did. It took every bit of relaxation out of it. Because then, all right, now it's a competition. This is on. And, um, and which Kevin, lasted uh, for a little while. Then I had to make the kids lunch and whatever else and got pulled away. And uh, anyway, they absolutely creamed us. And, and, and Kevin later admitted that it was a joyless slog for them as well. <laughs> that that the, the notion of bonding over a puzzle over the course of a week, we, we, that was never part of the equation. It was, it was a ruthless forced march to finish the puzzle in the shortest amount of time possible, and, and they did that well. 24 hours later, doing it mostly by myself, I completed the, uh, the puzzle. But 24, I, was, I felt like the, the uh, lone marathoner still on the course yeah. 20 hours after the race had ended. Is that what you felt like? That's what I felt like. Uh, yeah, competi- puzzling isn't meant to be competitive. It really isn't. So um, it, it definitely had the competitive eating aspect to it, where where you took yes. something that was ordinarily pleasant and made it uh, uh, unpleasant. Yeah, you ratcheted it up to a point where um, it was no good anymore. I, I would not do the competitive puzzling again. And when we completed it, or when we nearly completed it, when we had nine hundred ninety-nine pieces in place. And he had assured me that this was a complete puzzle, um, fresh out of the box. Uh, when we completed it, when we nearly completed it, I had one piece left, there was a piece missing. And we turned over everything to find it. And where did we find it? We found it, the table on which we were doing the puzzle, under the table is a rug. And under the rug, in the center of the rug, underneath that rug somehow, was the missing piece. It was almost like a magic trick. Yeah, I have no idea how it got there. The, uh, I enjoyed doing the puzzle once they sent us a picture of their completed one and it was no longer a competition. And then it could become the relaxing endeavor a puzzle should be. You, you enjoyed again. you enjoyed the puzzle when there were 952 pieces in place and you and all of the kids came in and, and, and started That's putting That's unfair. I worked on it a pieces. fair amount during the... Uh, but in your defense, you and the kids came in from having been out for the previous hour, leaving me alone in the house for the first time in maybe five weeks for for an hour and i'm not saying it was glorious though it was but it was uh it was just interesting and weirdly emotional i was shuffling songs by uh, neil young and uh getting strangely choked up alone in my own house the house that i've been in almost exclusively for the last five weeks and where were you we were one of my really good friends had a birthday and so um couple of my other friends and I got in our own cars our kids got in the cars and uh and we drove to our birth the birthday girl's house and did a birthday parade and we had a balloon the other cars had signs that our kids were out of our sunroof they had kids hanging out of their sunroofs and we went by and honked our horn and uh then came back down the road and stopped because they live kind of even more in the middle of nowhere than we are and uh we wished her a happy birthday we were able to chat we all were in our cars, and she was standing at the edge of her driveway, much farther than six feet away from all of us, all of us with masks on, and uh, celebrating her birthday. It was actually a, it was the highlight of the Sunday. It was this great hour of conversation. Um, every, it was a nice enough day. Most people were out of the house, or her, most of her family was out of the house, and because uh, it, it would be kind of a bummer to be celebrating a birthday during all of this craziness. And more than that, she has been out of power and internet, right? Yeah, yeah. So on top of it all, they lost power one day, which of course that means they also lost internet. And then two days later, they lost power again for the day because there was a car accident that took down an electrical pole near her. And she was just like, she was saying to, to us in this group text that we have that it was like the Truman Show, you know, cue quarantine in your house. 
Q losing power, Q losing cable, Q running out of toilet paper, <laughs> just how it all ratchets up the, uh, Didn't the she inevitable or misery else? of it all. Did she or somebody else in your text chain say they were just going to walk off into the horizon? Yes, that was uh, that was one of her other friends. Yes, that was <laughs> that was the next step. But I felt I felt good about uh, about her birthday the next day because she was telling me how you know she had ordered online um, what looked like full size rolls of toilet paper, and when they came in, each roll of toilet paper was smaller than her hand. It was even smaller than like uh, I'm sorry paper towels she had ordered full what looked like full-size rolls of paper towels when they came in they were smaller than her hand smaller than rolls of toilet paper and when I did my Monday grocery shopping somehow there were three multiple packs of good uh, paper towels and I knew my dad didn't was out of paper towels and I knew this friend was almost out of paper towels so you can buy have the limit of two and I bought both of those leaving one on the shelf and uh, and gave my father a multi-pack of paper towels, and I have this one here for my, my friend who had her birthday. So who would have thought that the big gift for a woman uh, in her 40s on her birthday would be get a multi-pack of good paper towels? A friend of mine posted a picture of the toilet paper he purchased from some industrial commercial toilet paper place, and so he had the regular home-sized toilet paper spindle with a giant roll of industrial toilet paper, maybe the circumference of a trash can lid. How did he get that to even fit on? I don't know. Well, I mean, the the the, the, uh, the hole that the spindle goes through is enormous on those I things, know, I but think, like but just if it's, say, mounted to a wall, how do you have the depth between the wall and the thing? Anyway. The worst part of those, the worst part of those industrial. There's nothing but worst the, parts. Well, the worst, the worst part of all the bad parts is, is when you're, when your fingers are scrambling for purchase on the on the end sheet, first of all, twirling it endlessly to find the end sheet when they're right. covered in those those uh, industrial steel uh, encased things. But when you do finally find the end point and you're purchasing it, you have to pull so hard that that just little bits of the one square tear off in your hands because there's so much uh, a force required. It's like yeah. it's like spinning the uh, the showdown showcase wheel on on the Price is Right. Yeah. It, it, and there's just nothing but bad things. You can only pull off little squares. It's super thin. And then I don't know if it's p- public restrooms where it's typically used or if it's the paper itself. You flush it and then like confetti, the leftover confetti still floats in the toilet. Well, of that paper. Once, once you've flushed it, awful. you get out of there like a cat burglar. I don't think you're sticking around to see. <laughs> I know, but when you come in sometimes as the next yourself. customer, you see like the well, yeah, the paper yeah, just well, floating in there. But anyway, we're not at that point yet. We haven't ordered any industrial toilet paper. No, but, but we uh, did order we did order masks. You ordered masks off of, uh, off of Etsy. Yeah, the kids choose their yeah. own masks, which I'm sure will be a fun childhood memory of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then you came to me and you said, all the kids have chosen these different masks. You can either have this bright red or this bright blue. And I said, those are the only two color masks, Crips and Bloods, that I'm told not to get. Because the Crips and Bloods are pr- so prominent in northern no, Connecticut. No, nor, nor are they presumably prominent in my own home, which is the only place I'll uh, have that scarf. It's the only place I've been. But... Um, but anyway, so so the kids are eagerly awaiting the arrival of their of their face masks, and you know it occurred to me because various of these podcasts have been mostly about dickies that uh, a dickie would would serve if you had like an N95 dickie. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. You could wear it around as a turtleneck and then pull it up, like the hat you got that one year where the top fell off. That would be a perfect Corona mask. Yeah, yeah. At the at the, the five and under five dollar at, at the five below store yeah. in Florida, I got a winter hat with the MTV logo, uh, MTV patch on the front, and a little bonbon pom pom on the top. And the first time I wore it, out we returned from Florida over the holidays, and I wore it um, to a fireplace place to get our fireplace fixed. And as I got out of the car the hat on the the pom-pom shot off the top of my head and this hat split in in on the four seams on which it was sewn. do you still have that i don't believe so because no. it would make a perfect mask although a little bit heavy for this time of right. year but anyway the n95 dickie 
before uh, we came to the basement to record this podcast, I saw that it's the 20th anniversary of the movie Love and Basketball, which, really? which I'm sure, I would be shocked if you've seen that. I haven't seen it. I was going to say, I'm sure you haven't seen Although it. When, it's, a when really, I... it's a really good movie. All, all women and girls who've played basketball like that movie. When my uh, younger brother, John, who I think we're safe to say is not listening, heard 20, what, 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 19 years ago that, what makes sense, that when he heard 19 years ago that you and I were um, dating, he said, I think this is the ver- very first thing he said, it was, what is this, love and basketball? Right. So, so that would have been. Yeah, so 20 years yeah. it came out. I actually read for a part in that movie. Um, I don't remember when that was, but I was in L.A. Um, and sat down and read for a part. It clearly wasn't the lead role, but like for one of her teammates, I think when she's in the WNBA, maybe locker room scene or something, but I didn't get the part, but I read for one. <laughs> you did not get the part. I did not get the part, no. We talked about the WNBA draft and the other big event this past weekend, sporting event, was on ESPN, um, the debut of The Last Dance. The, is it a 10-part documentary about the... Uh, mm-hmm. 97-98 Chicago Bulls, uh, the six, their sixth championship run, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I was looking forward to it. Um, it's the first time I've sat down to watch a sporting event and had you know my timeline full of people commenting on it on Twitter. I thought it back behind the scenes uh, and stuff and the footage from the time and the interviews were fascinating, but um, I'm looking forward to this Sunday when they release two more. But uh, You forget, well, maybe you don't forget. But it it um, reminded you, kind of startlingly so, after 20 years, of how gigantic the clothes were back then. Oh, massive. And it's funny, uh, just coincidentally, I, I stopped by to drop off the paper towels that I got to my father. And he handed me this USA Basketball circa 1995-96 like, warm-up jacket that I must have had. And just like everything of that day, it was... Um, Triple XL? Yeah, well, a windbreakery material, double XL, but n- not only the XL nature of the, the sizing, but then it was... The XL nature of the lettering and the and baggy the design. and bigness of it all. Because even if it was a medium or, lar- or large, it would have been baggy and big. But yeah, the suits, the big shoulder pads and all that fabric, like you could easily make two suits... Um, Easily. To fit Michael Jordan and now the style of now out of the suits that he wore back then. I mean, everything, the the shorts. You could make three skinny suits out of one of Jordan's. Yes. But yeah, it was, um, that part of it was a little bit kooky. That Jordan documentary began with the Bulls in Paris in 1997 in the preseason. I was actually there to write a story about the Bulls when they were in Paris in 1997 and they were, you know, sort of at the height of, the height of their Beatles fame at that time. And um, it was quite the scene around the Eiffel Tower and um, everywhere they went. But uh, I also covered the White Sox. I did a, a baseball story on the White Sox pitching staff when Jordan was in spring training with them. And driving away from Sarasota, I guess it was, uh, after doing interviews one day, um, I saw in traffic his Corvette would it have been with his MRJ license plate and kind of got a chuckle out of the fact that the most famous guy in the world at the time had his name or nickname on his license plate did you watch a game that day like did you see him play baseball I didn't see him play no um and spring training you know particularly pitchers they Guys come in, come out, go. They're in split squads. They're all over the place. But um, what position did he play when he was playing baseball? Do you remember? He was an outfielder. Was he terrible? I mean, he was he was much better than you or I would have been as a baseball player. But um, he was on the cover of SI that um, with the cover line Baggett Michael, you know, suggesting he drop baseball, and he never spoke to us again after that, as far as I know. Never us meaning that he never spoke Sports, to Sports, Sports Illustrated. Illustrated. This whole experience has just been nutty, but uh, one of the aspects of it that's been <laughs> entertaining is trying to make the everyday mundane things a little bit more interesting. And 
for our uh, nine-year-old, that means when it's time for her to have her vitamins in the morning, um, they're in a plastic container. And it used to just be that I would open the container and hand her her two gummy vites. But um, now it's become how far away from me in the kitchen can she be and still catch the container of vitamins when they toss them to her and the degree of difficulty of what's happening on the vitamin bottle. Am I spinning it? Am I twirling it? Am I flipping it? Is it just a normal one? And um, so sometimes it'll be lunchtime and then she'll remember with delight, I haven't had my gummy vites. Um, Mom, can you throw them to me? And don't tell me what you're going to do. Don't tell me, you know, she doesn't want me to tell her if it's going to be a spinner or a twirler or whatever else. And this has sort of, in some ways, replaced some sports in our house for just trying to make little things slightly more entertaining. I had a uh, Zoom conversation with a friend of mine last night whose seven-year-old, I think, daughter, somebody said, sounds like she has a British accent, even though he lives in San Francisco. And he said, well, it comes from watching so much Peppa Pig. So when we go on vacation, she says, we're on holiday. And I think my favorite um, British pronunciation is vitamin. I'm talking about me personally. So could we start saying vitamins instead yes, of vitamins? Yes, of course. We can throw her vitamins. We can go to the loo. What else would we well, be we doing? We don't have to do any of that. Me, uh, but, oh, but uh, just they order tomatoes on, on pizza rather than tomatoes, right, but right. Uh, uh, aluminum instead of aluminum. But I, I um, vitamin is really the only one I'm lobbying for. Uh, and, and I insist on leisure and schedule as well. People are trying to, you know, figure out ways to virtually connect, like people who are on um, Peloton, who that's their form of exercise. You know, you're virtually connecting with people all over the world. And um, I wanted to mention this, and I'll put some of the details on our Twitter feed, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. But every year in the town where we live, they have a road race. And I think my father, for almost the entirety of its existence would, uh, you know, shoot the start gun at the beginning um, of the race because my dad forever was a cross country and track coach in the town where we live now. Anyway, this year um, they are doing the road race virtually. So basically people, I guess whether you're on a treadmill or no matter where you are, um, you can choose a 5k or 10k course to run. Um, use your app, whatever it is, um, that records your the race, and then you send in your results. And um, I think it's kind of a neat idea because they're not going to be able to do the, the race here in the town where we normally do it. So a way to virtually connect with people. And I'll put all of the details of that um, on our Twitter feed. But uh, maybe that's something you and I could do. We could choose choose probably be the 5K and not the 10, at least for me. And uh I wouldn't want to run the same course as you because you'd be way ahead of me. But you're also looking for a way to virtually connect with me as opposed to actually connect. <laughs> right. I think that would the be more a distance, good way to go. The better. So anyway, I'll, I'll, I think it's I think it's a really um, a really fun thing and uh, and for people looking for a, a way to exercise alone but still connect with somebody else. Well, while we're plugging things, I'll uh, put in a plug during the Masters week. The Masters wasn't on, obviously. Um, I read my friend Michael Bamberger's new book. Uh, called The Second Life of Tiger Woods and really enjoyed that. And it was a nice um, nice substitute for televised golf. That's not a blurb that you want, a substitute for <laughs> televised golf. I mean that in the best possible way. Really well written and um, reported. Let's uh, open up the viewer mailbag, shall we? We shall, please. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. My monocle dealer in Columbus, George, writes, um, this is not really viewer mail, but feel free to use if you want. He ordered uh, a, he sent me a jeweler's loop, as some of you may remember, so that I could do puzzling. And he, at the same time, apparently, he had um, ordered another jeweler's loop from a different distributor that was uh, described as a steampunk med scientist double eye loop in brown. Uh, that didn't work out, and he saw that... Um, uh, the vendor didn't respond to his order and never stated that it was sent. So after a week, he canceled the order and got a refund. This was George. Well, today the vendor responded, apologized for the ordering glitch, and indicated that she had mailed the item to you anyway at no charge. So if you get another jeweler's loop in the mail, that's the explanation. That, well, well, we needed George, an explanation. I, I can tell you, we not only got another loop in the mail, we got two 
loops in the mail in the same Friday. package. This was before the puzzling um, competition. We went. You went to the mailbox. It was a delightful surprise. Now we have. But you th- couldn't figure out where they came from. You said we've got these two shipped from Corvallis, Oregon. Yeah, two jewelers loops from Corvallis, Oregon. I immediately was thinking something to do with Oregon State, and. Uh, but no, and, and when you said, you know, George didn't say anything about getting these two, so I'm glad he's and, and, cleared and, this and, up. And I want him to know that I'm not two-timing him with another ocular um, <laughs> dealer. So so thank you. Now we have three Jewelers Loops, um, f- four kids, and um, they, I can use the, um, one of them can use the monocle, while the other three use the Jewelers Loops to complete the puzzle. So thank you for that. Someone on Twitter actually sent me a picture of a puzzle. They said this is something that the Ball and Chain Pod household needs. It's a 51,300 piece puzzle, um, but it's a Kodak puzzle. And you and I have limited experience um, doing Kodak puzzles. We don't love those as much as the Ravensburger, but a 51,000 piece puzzle. Well, we've got a lot of people who are doing puzzles and and other things to while away the hours of quarantine. Tina in River Edge, New Jersey, uh, recommends a game called Word Domination. Uh, You can download it through the App Store. She says it's like Scrabble, only better. She's uh, learning all kinds of new words, and uh, the game doesn't take long. You get 90 seconds per round to make a word. There are five rounds. The one with the highest score at the end wins. The game will tell you if you've made a valid word as you play it, so we don't have any of the fistfights that you and I get into uh, over your nonsense words. Um, I go a step further with my kids, Tina writes, although older, if they play a word no one knows, they have to write it down and look it up in a dictionary. I'm all for that. This creates another game because once we have five words and five definitions, we then have to match them up. As a middle-aged person, I'm learning lots of new words every day. If anyone out there wants to add Tina as a friend in word domination, her handle is TS uh, pound sign 0258, TS pound sign 0258. So word domination, not world domination. Well, you can you can gain world domination with word domination. One thing we've been doing, or at least I've been doing a lot more during this quarantine time, is cooking. And not only cooking, but looking up just new recipes that we haven't tried before. Um, we've got a really good now new homemade broccoli and cheddar soup recipe. Our kids like broccoli and cheddar soup. I've never made it. Super easy. I get that. But uh, really good. And just finding different recipes. So on our Twitter handle, again, at Ball and Chain Pod, someone sent us this recipe for white castle pate and um, i'm just going to describe it so people can get a full understanding of how delicious white castle pate must be you blend the burgers 10 white castle burgers in the blender a few at a time adding water as needed for thick hard dough spread into lightly greased loaf pan or round mold bake at 325 for 45 to 50 minutes cool and and unmold serve with crackers and sour cream and um this came from somebody on twitter who said going through my midwestern grandma's church recipe cookbook again that is fantastic white castle pate and you put it in a blender and add water like could could you repeat the phrase for me in in your most uh soothing tones lightly greased loaf pan (laughs) spread into lightly greased loaf pan (laughs) one more time no that was all you're getting (laughs) Um, JP, speaking of White Castles, JP, we know JP writes, White Castle is out of stock at Stop and Shops, at least near me. And we know that he is near us as well, except for the veggie ones and bean ones, which means they're out of stock. Cumbies and CVS and Walgreens, however, still have the originals, likely because no one looks for them there. You didn't hear it from me. In fact, JP, I do look for them at Cumbies, and, and our Cumbies, our local Cumberland Farms, used to carry them, and they haven't for ages. Their freezer case has almost only been ice cream and, and a few other... Uh, foodstuffs it's but, a- but um, so so I will have to look at whichever companies he's going to CVS and Walgreens I didn't realize CVS was carrying uh, White Castles well, and, and we never go to Walgreens the uh, you, you said to me literally earlier today you said uh, have you been to Cumbie meaning like in the last five weeks and I said yeah I was there a couple of weeks ago you know well, what's it like there because you know they can't have the uh, you know, arrows going down the aisles and whatever. And um, so I had to explain to you all, you know, there's hardly anybody there. It felt, you know, pretty safe. But just 
that's the bizarre world we're living in. You're saying to me, have you been to Cumbies? Like, what's it like in there? Well, I know. It's, this is the exotic <laughs> faraway land. The, here be dragons. Maybe and you'll I, have I, a big outing today. You'll put on your mask I, I talked to a friend and... last night in New York, and she said her husband goes, I asked, you know, the grocery stores, are they all still open as usual? And she said, yes, her husband does the grocery shopping, and she has left the apartment twice since this whole thing has gone down, which is... Uh, I mean, crazy, but that's where we are. And that's another thing. When I was talking to Ryan Rucco before the draft, he was saying how it's really difficult to get grocery stores to deliver just because they're so busy. And he said, you know, he and his fiance they get deliveries from uh, Whole Foods, but you can't get a delivery window. So he said they'll have their... Um, their cart full just waiting and you know every so often or maybe regularly looking to see if there's a delivery window and if there's one they can just quickly hit the button because they've got everything they need in their cart like I can't imagine being and he's in New York City I can't imagine being in a city and like that's how you're sort of living at least I can get out once a week and and walk into a grocery store well, uh, Barb in South Windsor writes, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. First, I'm glad you're both doing well, staying healthy and sane in the midst of pandemic 2020. Who listens to podcasts when they no longer have to drive? I do. Daily walks, chores around the house. There's always a good time to listen. So thank you. You're helping me get something done since I have numerous weekly podcasts and keeping up with them is a job I, that I can check off my list. I'm also organized like Rebecca. Thank you. So she encloses, uh, we know what she's doing. She's encloses two photos of puzzles she has done. One is a Ravensburger. Uh, and one is a White Mountain. White Mountain is the brand that we did this past weekend. Those are that terrific, was too. Super yeah. fun, high quality, big pieces, randomly cut. So we love the White Mountain as well. Um, coffee cans. My mom and dad also drank coffee and used cans for tools, etc. Yellow was chock full of nuts. Blue yes. was Maxwell House. Yes. Blue was Maxwell House, although red may have been decaf. So Folgers would have been the red can or the green if it was decaf. Rebecca, chock yes. full of nuts. Is that what you I had? I think it may have been, yeah. But there were multiple ones. My dad had some, um, I remember a coffee can in the garage that was just full of nails. And that's also where we hid the key to the house. <laughs> and then and then he had another can full of a variety of stuff in the garage. So, yeah, just describing those, I think they had a variety of um, brands of the coffee cans. I still can't hear a coffee can without singing a few dollars in a coffee can. Um, Lucky Man by Montgomery Gentry. Um, anyway, lastly, on Rebecca's emotional scene with the Easter Bunny Parade, I've been sick for over two weeks, uh, writes Barb, with a, with a, quote, fever. Did get, did get tested for COVID, which came back negative, though most likely a false negative, which I'll have verified when the blood test uh, comes out. Two of my daughters and grandkids showed up at the end of our driveway with Easter gifts, including a White Mountain puzzle that I've given the oldest granddaughter for her birthday, and I, that I had given the oldest granddaughter for her birthday, and I burst into tears. It's been a rough few weeks here fighting whatever, but to see family at the end of the driveway waving on what used to be a holiday we spent together that was the best um so that's kind of how i felt at my friend's uh birthday when we were doing the drive-by and then stopped this is this emotional thing you just realize how much you want these emotional connections barb we wish you the best this was a long email she writes i don't expect you to read it all but please shout out to my son-in-law chris who's an avid fan of Steve, met him at a book signing in the fall, winter, and reads Steve's books under a beach umbrella when we vacation to the Cape. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Barb. I hope you all, well, get well and then stay well. And, um, and I've we got, appreciate you listening. I've got one here from Pad Dad on Twitter, and he sent a, uh, a picture, and it says, I made a 100-piece puzzle from my favorite piece of swag. And he made a puzzle out of the ball and chain logo. It really? looks like he made a puzzle out of... Um, one of the coasters. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So um, anyway, I, I've already retweeted that uh, so people can see it. Well, um, just uh, recently in um, on Twitter, we got uh, somebody sent us a some, somebody sent us a tweet from Keith Hernandez, the great Mets first baseman now announcer and Seinfeld character Keith Hernandez, finito. The Missing Link, and Next Victim. And here is this gigantic, massive Ravensburger puzzle. It looks like of New Schwanstein Castle in Germany. And sure enough, what? how many pieces is this thing? It's a 2,000-piece it's a puzzle with a single piece missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Welcome to our world. Even the Keith had a piece missing, writes uh, at Swim to Swim. So thank you for sending that. Welcome to our world. We were doing... Our next puzzle, a White Mountain Wacky Packages that our same friends had lent us, 
just before this podcast, and our dog came in and snagged a piece off the floor and ran off with it. And was I had to masticating go, it when you uh, I had to snatch forcibly it open her jaws, and it literally, Steve, was in the back of her throat. And I pulled it out. I think the piece is salvageable, and the friends that we borrowed the puzzle from used to have a dog, so we'll just pretend that it was their dog who did it. <laughs> Our Hollywood correspondent in Connecticut, Jeff in Windsor, writes, There's no better time to bring back the pocket handkerchief. It might seem old-fashioned, but a pocket hanky can save lives. And he encloses a link to um, the Washington, Washington Post story. No better time to bring back the pocket handkerchief. Ball and chain was ahead of the curve again, says Jeff. And, um, and there's a story from the Post behind a paywall that advocates for the return of the pocket handkerchief. We, we called that one. Perfect. Anne encloses a picture of a of a partially completed puzzle, a puzzle in progress, and uh, she's in New Jersey, I believe. She is. Thanks for continuing the podcast during the stay at home. It brings much needed entertainment and a sense of normalcy. Since I'm able to work from home, I haven't had time to f- haven't had to find too much to fill my days. However, you did inspire me to break out a jigsaw puzzle. I thought you might enjoy our hack. We work the puzzle on a foam board and sort the pieces onto paper plates. That way we can easily move it if we want to reclaim the table for other purposes. See attached picture. Looking forward to the WMB draft tonight. So this is from a couple nights ago. And the recap in next week's podcast. We've done that. Um, but that's an interesting idea. Sort the pieces on a paper plates. Then you can you can move them all without uh, Like a big piece of the them. poster board or something. Perfect. Yeah. So we do the poster board thing. But Joanne, uh, without an E at the end and without a capital A and just Joan like with an extra N. So is it Joanne or is it Joan with two N's? I think it's Joanne. Okay. I'm sure you're right. Joanne uh, writes, this is this is Joanne, parentheses, small a, no e, from Worcester, Ohio. Pronounced Worcester, it does not rhyme with Rooster, home of the College of Worcester, well known for their Division Three men's basketball and baseball teams, amongst other things. I'm, of course, saying Worcester because we're right near Worcester, Worcester, Mass. Massachusetts. Um, I've been listening to this year since I heard Rebecca on the Commute podcast. I have a 15-year-old point guard, and I've shared some of the basketball-related stories with her. I've been glad you've continued recording during the social distancing, and I look forward to each Wednesday episode. I have to admit that in between, it hadn't occurred to me to go back and listen to the early episodes until another listener mentioned it last week. In the past few days, I've listened to the first four episodes. Thank you for the laugh-out-loud moments on my daily walks. Do you remember any of those, Rebecca? No. I don't either. A few weeks ago, you talked about a very large puzzle puzzle available on Amazon. What was that, 40,000 pieces? Yeah, it was the Disney Mickey Mouse one. Well, our local independent toy store had one of those puzzles and had a community event to put it together in 2016. They thought it would take a long weekend, ended up taking, Rebecca? Three hours. Almost two months. <laughs> so They did not have our friends our, there. Well, listen, our friends did a 1,000-piece puzzle in three hours. A 42,000-piece puzzle presumably would take 42 times as long, right? Sure. Which is what? 42 times 326 But, of course, it's going to take a lot, lot longer than that because there's so many more pieces to sort and organize, and you can't just, I don't think, extrapolate it out like you did. She four links to stories about it in in their local paper, so it got a lot of pub, but... uh, I think they had a missing piece or two at the end? That seems like a a long time. A 42,000-piece puzzle, you have to clear a large space for that. And I'm not sure. A community puzzle, sometimes when you're doing the puzzle, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Am I right? Am I right? That's our that's our oldest daughter's new thing. She'll say something, and just for comedic effect, before am she right? finishes the sentence, she'll say, am I right? <laughs> and it is actually pretty funny. <laughs> Hello, Restiva writes, Ralph, um, I have an anecdote about rollers and or curlers worn in public. Rebecca, this is right in your wheelhouse. One of the first men admitted to Connecticut College in the mid-70s sent, in quotation marks, a female student back to her room to remove her rollers from her hair one morning at breakfast. She did so without protest. I doubt Ryan will do that to Rebecca this afternoon at rehearsal. He didn't, did he? No, he, he, he didn't even look at me funny. It would have, he didn't comment on your curlers? No, he didn't say a word. I guess that would be um, verboten in the workplace. No, I think it's because he's seen it before when we've been on the road <laughs> calling WMA playoff games. I continue to shave twice a week, writes Ralph, but what is left of my hair is getting to be like it was in college. I wonder if a female has ever sent a mail to the barber with orders to get rid of a comb over, a subject discussed on podcast number 66. So that's another deep cut going back to uh, podcast 66. Uh, keep up the great work. Go Mystics with Tina Charles, Ralph. Did Maryland. we mention a couple of weeks ago the expert job I did cutting our son's hair? 
I don't think we did. I don't think we mentioned that I, I FaceTimed with his barber, the woman who cuts his hair normally. And what normally takes her 10 or 15 minutes tops to do took me 35, 40 minutes. But I gave our son a really solid haircut to which I was so proud of myself. And I said to you multiple times, you know, did you see his hair? What do you think? What do you think? And your response to me was, what was it? It was, uh, you're still going to take him to the barber like when things are back to normal, right? Like your concern was that I was going to start cutting his hair permanently to save $10 a cut or something. There was no there's no even nice job or, wow, that looks really good for somebody who's really not good. cut hair before. There's none of that. It was just, you are planning to take him back. But you did have again. his barber on FaceTime talking you through it like you were like you were defusing a bomb, right? Now, now sniff yeah, the red there wire. Was a no, lot, not the green wire. There's a lot to it. There's multiple, like, because I had the clippers, well, there's multiple there guards to put on. There were scissors involved cutting in different directions. Like, there was a lot going on there. I was really proud of myself. I was mostly because I was terrified I was going to give him a bald spot somewhere, and that would have been bad. Would've but been bad. Uh, we, have, we also haven't talked, speaking of, 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 uh, of things her suit, we haven't talked about my beard. You've grown a beard. We talked about it a little bit Did last we? week, how, how just that everybody seems to be growing yeah. beards. You've got an impressive Mine beard, sort though. of an ailing Karl Marx look. I'm, I've been pushing you for you to um, continue growing the beard until it's at Letterman length pr- proportions. But I, I, don't I want it to look like um, when Fletch is on roller skates at Santa Monica Pier in Fletch. <laughs> yeah, and bald that. on top with a big bushy beard. I think that's what's where it's sort of headed. Are you going to just let it keep growing? Are we going to trim it? or what's It's the... entirely up to you. Okay. I, what I want, I want it to look like I have a, a beard of bees. <laughs> well, just lather in honey and stand outside in Maybe a couple weeks, and you will have a beard of bees. I will. Hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes Alex in St. Paul. Congratulations, Rebecca, and her broadcast team on a very enjoyable WNBA draft. Yay, he watched. Well, you know the ratings. People were watching. Loved real-life peek into the players' family celebrations and also the calm and collected interviews that Holly Rowe facilitated despite phone technology challenges. She's unflappable. She is indeed. It was a nice return to real sports and hoping I'm not the only dense one, but I finally figured out why the Liberty wear that minty green color. It's, Rebecca, do you know why? The same color as the statue, of course. Duh. It is seafoam green. Seafoam green. But yes, same color as the statue. Hoping for a bit of basketball wisdom for my daughter from someone with more hoops cred than me. I assume he's talking to me, but I'll let you answer this one, Rebecca. Ten-year-old Ingrid doesn't love to use the backboard. Says it's not worthwhile. Could you please help this feature post player see the value of the bank shot, especially in the paint? Ten-year-old thinks dad maybe doesn't know, but would admit that Rebecca is a credible source. Rebecca, I cede the floor to you. I would say free throws, don't use the backboard. Pretty much any other shot, the backboard is your friend. Very, very forgiving. Our kids do the same thing. Our our 13-year-old in particular, I'll tell her, use the backboard, use the backboard. But why? It's going in like this, and then she'll brick one. But uh, yeah, they don't listen to us either. But yes, 10-year-old daughter, backboard, use the backboard. Oh, right, it's Alex. We were bummed that we missed you at the Gophers-Terrapins game a few weeks ago. We were sitting only a few rows back of the press and didn't even know you were there. The thumping the Gophers took didn't help much. Appreciative of your continued podcast entertainment. Alex in St. Paul, P.S. would love some BNC swag if Steve, get, Steve ever gets around to that. I'm shamed. I'm, I am ashamed. You have no excuse during Well, I do time. have excuses. They require special postage, which requires waiting in line at the post office, which is not an ideal place to be waiting in line. No place is an ideal place to be waiting in line, but in a very small post office during, a, uh, during a, uh, an epidemic, a pandemic. Well, if you get everything put together in terms of swag... I will one day, because I'm pretty good about figuring out when places aren't particularly full. Perfect. I'll, I'll load you the swag envelopes. You get them you post already, them. and I will bring them and get them stamped. We'll get that done. So, uh, Dr. Gary Siegel sends a photograph of a uh, beautiful black dog, tongue hanging out, looking like he or she has just been put through the paces. He writes, today's exercise was running up and down the stairs in a small softball stadium in a suburban office park. Below is a picture of Bailey, parentheses male, my trainer. So Does this mean Dr. Siegel was also running up and down the stairs? I think Dr. Siegel was the one running up and down the stairs as Bailey uh, put Dr. Siegel through his paces. And in fact, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I just read today, this morning, that Tom Brady was, uh, was thrown out of a public park in Tampa where they've been, uh, I guess the parks have been closed, and he was staging a workout in the park on his own. He was working out in the park on his own and very politely was told by a parks 
person who recognized him to uh, that he wasn't supposed to be working out in the park. So fortunately for Tom, he can just find a local beach. I think he's renting Derek Jeter's house in Tampa, so I'm sure that's as a large workout room in there somewhere. Wouldn't you think? You'd think. Uh, finally, um, Alana, our resident Canadian, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing since I think I've done that in the past, writes, uh, just listening to podcast 120 on Alexa, where you are discussing why people are wearing face masks while driving. Oh, she's listening to the podcast on Alexa. Yes. It's interesting. I didn't yeah, realize. You can do that. Yeah, of course you can. We do that, which is not to our own. Correct. Perhaps they're between stops. Why are people wearing face masks while driving? This is a question you would ask, Rebecca. Perhaps they're between stops requiring a face mask and don't want to sully their hands unmasking and remasking since hand sanitizer is at a premium. You need to be able to remove a face mask without contaminating yourself. Putting it in your pocket is not a good idea unless you can fold in such a way that you touch the inside. That you do touch fold in such a way that you touch the inside. If it is a disposable mask, it is only really... Uh, suitable for one use. The big thing omitted from every news report when N95 masks are discussed is the need for them to be fit tested so they are not really that useful for the general public. So perhaps my idea for an N95 Dickie is is impractical. Rebecca, what do you think? Well, if you are a healthcare professional, yes, but not if you're just some schmuck going to Cumberland Farms. That, that would be me. Uh, on another note, uh, I really enjoyed the WNBA draft. The puzzle I pre-ordered on Amazon before it was released, April 14th, is pending instead of arriving on the release date. Not deemed an essential item. I work from home always, so probably for the best uh, regards, Ilana, resident Canadian. P.S. I have some factual basis as I, as, a pharma, as I have pharma industry experience and a friend who works in a hospital as a pharmacist. So, N95 masks need to be, need to be fit tested. Yes. Yeah. So... Well, do you think the ones we're getting from Etsy? Remember, was the, the Florida tested? governor? Do you think he fit tested that one that he put on? <laughs> he took the ear flaps and strung it over his head and let the other ear flap dangling below that his chin. That is one of the funnier things I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I think that's well, all we've got for today. One of my, um, you or know, not. I like to check things Please, off the list. One of my uh, things on on my to do list is you have sent me. Uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, pictures and things for me to post on our Instagram, uh, which is ball at ball and which is ball and chain podcast on Instagram. And I am going to over the next couple of days get all of those things finally posted with hashtag pod whatever number they go to. So um, look for postings on our Instagram page in the next couple of days. And in the meantime, to uh, do Stay the Jerry safe. Springer close, what yeah. is, what the Jerry Springer line is: uh, take you, care of yourselves and each other. Yes. Take care of yourselves and each other and stay safe, everybody. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about next week. Tom, Dick, Hari. Please, for the love of God. (laughs) Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fat. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind for sanity. To a daily test Androgynous and ambiguous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane